Hi, this is Lewis Black, and uh, you're listening to PF's tape recorder. I don't know how you got to be able to listen to it, but and, and that he even has a tape recorder at this point in our time is really extraordinary because there are better things for, to listen to stuff on. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, hilarious stand-up comedian and Cheers expert discusses the merits of that sitcom's spin-off, Frasier, with me. Frasier, I just don't like that it's Frasier. If it was a different character altogether, uh, I would like the show significantly more. He doesn't act like Frasier. We'll hear more from Jeff in just a bit. In fact, our conversation got so deep into Cheers and Frasier and also stand comedy and some other things uh, that we're going to forgo the dumb bit. However, fake news kind of dovetails into the interview and the topic at hand. So let's get started with fake news. You'll see what I mean. And now fake news with me. Former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee said in a recent radio appearance that while in New York for his Fox News show, he experienced significant culture shock from all the trashy women swearing in a professional setting. In the South or in the Midwest, there in Iowa, you would not have people who would just throw the F-bomb or use gratuitous profanity in a professional setting, Huckabee told host Jan Mickelson in a Friday appearance on Des Moines' Mickelson in the Morning radio program, managing in one fell swoop to insult his former colleagues, former employer, likely media supporter, and pretty much all women everywhere. See, that's the efficiency that conservatives are always talking about. As occasional sparring partners over issues like white privilege and income inequality, Fox News anchors Bill O'Reilly and Megyn Kelly are accustomed to not always seeing matters the same way. So it was that two of the stars of the conservative news talk network parted ways over a recent New York Times magazine profile over Kelly. The largely glowing piece by the magazine's Jim Ruttenberg depicts Kelly as a serious, hard-charging journalist, unlike some people featured on the nation's premier conservative network. During Monday night's O'Reilly Factor, the host criticized Ruttenberg's profile as a puff piece, bemoaning that other Fox personalities don't receive such favorable treatment from the gray lady of the New York Times. Kelly accused O'Reilly of being jealous. O'Reilly then suggested Kelly needed to go to her dressing room and blow off some steam, if you know what he means. Astronomers in Australia picked up an alien radio signal from space for the first time. The signal or radio burst was discovered on May 15th of 2014, though it's just being reported now by the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society. The burst was identified within 10 seconds of its occurrence at Emily Pertoff, a doctoral student from Melbourne, the University of Technology. Here is a clip, by the way, of that radio burst. Yeah, man, that song is everywhere, isn't it? Elon Musk's private space company showed off a sexy new animation today demonstrating how its Falcon Heavy rocket could one day send humans on long-haul missions to Mars. SpaceX's Falcon Heavy rocket is so powerful it can blast off carrying a load as heavy as a commercial jetliner packed with hundreds of passengers, luggage, and fuel. Then the animation demonstrated this. Noted science nerd and Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane also created an animation of the rocket, although in this one Peter Griffin just looks at it and says it looks like a giant dildo. Democrats acknowledged on Tuesday that it will be difficult and likely impossible to match the nearly $900 million that the conservative billionaire Koch brothers said their political network will spend during the 2016 campaign cycle. The eye-popping figure emerged on Monday as donors met at a Koch-organized winter retreat near Palm Springs, California. <laughs> of course it was there. It underscored Charles and David Koch's commitment to push for smaller government policies via a web of advocacy organizations. And remember, kids are doing this all for you. They're trying to help the little guy. 
President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama made a quick stop in Saudi Arabia this past Tuesday to pay respects to the late King Abdullah and to hold meetings with the new leader, King Salman bin Abdulaziz. But one aspect of the encounter stood out to reporters covering the receiving line at the palace. The First Lady shook hands with the king. Islamic law generally forbids men from touching women to whom they are not related. However, that rule is often times overlooked in Saudi Arabia when official diplomatic delegations visit the kingdom. The White House notes the representatives of the United States, including former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and Madeleine Albright, along with German Chancellor Angela Merkel, have all visited Saudi Arabia and have all shaken hands with members of the Saudi royal family. As the recording of fake news, conservatives are still trying to figure out a way to get upset about this while still remaining anti-Muslim and pro-oil. That's a fine web to weave. And finally, Senators Rand Paul and Ted Cruz might end up running against each other for the Republican presidential nomination, but they can agree on one thing, their distrust of the Federal Reserve. On Wednesday, the two Republican senators introduced the Federal Reserve Transparency Act, uh, which Mr. Paul has been pushing for for some time. You know, whenever I hear Ted Cruz talk, and and here is Ted Cruz uh, on Meet the Press. Look, I'm just trying to fight for 26 million Texans and for the American people, and I'm pretty sure George will, in that column, argue that what we should be doing is delaying Obamacare, I'm reminded of this gentleman. Mr. Haney. Hello, Mr. Haney. Oh, I just stopped by to have my appendixes out. Why, do they bother you? No, but I figure what's the sense in having Medicare if you don't take advantage of it? <laughs> uh, and if you're over 40, that's hilarious. And uh, Or a aficionado of 60s television, that's hilarious. Uh, if not, go look up Green Acres. That is Pat Butram uh, playing Mr. Haney. And that's been Fake News with me. Hey, folks, remember this? Dear Joey, getting my hair done. Be back at 3.30. Please go to Lawson's and pick up bread, lunch meat, potato salad, and pop. And if you want... Or this? We have fresh ideas at Red Barn, like the salad bar for you. This is the third time my husband went back to the salad bar. Or how about this? Well, Home Shirts has all of your vintage apparel needs, recalling all the great brands and restaurants of yesteryear, particularly from the cities of Cincinnati, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and St. Louis, but also from brands around the country. Just head to homeshirts.com and check out all of our vintage apparel needs, including restaurants, stores, great sports teams. Check it out, and when you order specifically from Home Shirts Cleveland, we make a couple of bucks, and we really appreciate it. Merry-go-round. Unique fashions for guys and gals. And don't forget to check out our collection of defunct teams from such leagues as the American Basketball Association, the World Hockey Association, the World Football League, and many more at homeshirts.com. Jeff Tate is a hilarious stand-up comedian you may have seen on The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. He is originally from Cincinnati. He splits time between here and Los Angeles. He also has a podcast called Afternoon Everybody, in which he discusses the sitcom Cheers, along with other things as well with fellow comedians. And here now is our interview with and discussion about Cheers with Jeff Tate. Okay, joining us on VS Tape Recorder is the return of Jeff Tate. Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing okay, man. Cool, man. Um, so uh, you're you're in town. You're splitting time between Los Angeles and Cincinnati. How much time are you spending in each? Um, I don't like Los Angeles, so not that much time. Uh, okay. So um, I, I was listening to your podcast, and um, I, the the latest episode is with Sam Evans, of course. Um, I listened to that last week, and uh, really enjoyed that. I really like Sam. 
a lot. And um, I wanted to clear up some confusion I may be able to help you guys with. You guys were debating why people only do stand-up a couple of times a year. Like, if you, if you do it, why you wouldn't do it a lot. Well, yeah. the problem we had setting up this interview explains a lot. <laughs> a lot of times, you just don't have the time to do it. And uh, and what I discovered is, for me, it's uh, my comedy doesn't really work well in a stand-up format. There's some things I have that are good stand-up jokes, but this is a much better vehicle for me. And conversely, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, stand-up is better, and they're also good at podcasts, as you are, but, you know, the strength is really stand-up, so I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, it's, a fun, it's like karaoke, only I can't sing, so I go tell jokes a couple times a year. I think what I meant was, uh, it sucks so much to be a comedian, why would you only do it a few times? Right, well, because it's, it's I have nothing to lose. I've got a day job, I've got this as a vehicle for my comedy, which does way better than I do at doing stand-up. So I think from that aspect, I think it's just, you know, it's something people like to try. Um, but like Bunyan, Bunyan's got a day job. He's got a nice day job. And, he, you know, does, uh, well, he does it more than I do, obviously. And he does, he gets uh, some hosting work a couple times a year. And, you know, and for, and for him, that's fine. But you guys are out there on the front lines every day, man. Yeah, I guess. It's just not, uh, it takes, it costs a lot to do this. So yeah. I just don't. Like what I feel like is, I, I think what I meant was, uh, I'm jealous of people who can only do it, it. To me, it's the same as like, I mean, one of those assholes is like, I, don't, I smoke four cigarettes a week. You're like, How the fuck <laughs> do you do that? <laughs> if I could only smoke four cigarettes a week, I would smoke none. If I could only do, if I was okay with doing stand up six times a year, I yeah. wouldn't do it at all. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be fine. Yeah. Well, I think the other problem too is, and, and, and I mean this completely objectively, you're really good at it. Is the thing, and every time I see you, you get you get funnier and funnier. I'm really, really good at smoking cigarettes too. There you go. <laughs> um, it does. It's it does. It's not always the best long term plan, though. Yeah. Now, um, I heard you also. I didn't realize you were friends with all those uh, with Jimmy Pardo and Pat Francis and all them. And I, you were a surprise guest on uh, Pat's podcast, uh, the, um, Rock Solid, discussing um, your favorite band. Yeah, yeah, the that was that's probably uh, my most favorite time being on a podcast. Uh, recommended, by the way, and I, I'm a guy who can listen to uh, anybody talk about any band, even though uh, it's not my favorite band, or I might even like the band. I'm kind of indifferent to, to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. No offense, it just never took. Um, I do well, love that's... the waiting. I do love the guitar <laughs> solo in the way. I think it's my favorite guitar solo ever. Is that little blast in the middle of the waiting? I do love me that, and I like the rest of his stuff. You know, it just, it just, it just never. I'm a new wave daddy from way back, but um, but folks, do check that out. Even if you're not particularly uh, have an affinity for Tom Petty, it's a, it's a great, great yeah. podcast, and it's uh, a, a great conversation. You could just, you could just uh, marvel at the affinity that I have for Tom Petty. Yeah. Now I was think um, I can't remember because um, I was going through my iTunes the other day looking at some of the stuff I have, and you are missing like what four songs from the Tom Petty canon? Is that correct? Or something like that. It's something like that. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, there's two songs that came on a Highway Companion uh, like special edition that came out a month after. And I'm sorry, you should be able to track those down. We should put the word out. Or did they do that on, on Rock Solid? Put out the bat signal and say, "Hey, you can find these tracks." Uh, yeah, I think I have them now. I oh, okay. think uh, oh, there I you think go. Kyle sent those two to me. And then there was uh I believe if I 
uh, if I remember correctly, I had uh, like I had to have notes for that podcast. Like I had those written down because yeah. of they were very specific things, and I have four hundred Tom Petty songs or whatever. Like I, I essentially have everything. There was a something like a live thing you could get in 2010 that I couldn't ever get my hands on. Oh, okay. It's that has it might have a it might have a song or two on it that is not available anywhere else. It's really weird in the in the age of the internet where you still can't track these things down. You know. Well, you you can. I just don't. Uh, I'm not a well, BitTorrent guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that stuff scares the crap out of me because I tried downloading something one time and uh, and I almost got a, a, a disease on my computer. And um, there's this group I like uh, from North Carolina called the Connells. Uh, they were active in the late 80s and 90s, and they did a cover of Cruel to be Kind, the Nick Lowe tune, and they did it for a movie called uh, the, the Dead Man's Curve, and then the name of the movie got changed, but um, it was a mid-90s movie. Well, it's, on the, it's in the movie over the end credits. It is not on the soundtrack. Uh, it got dropped off the soundtrack and took me years to find it. I Googled it every couple of months. Finally, I Googled it, and some guy had taken all of the Connell's B-sides and live stuff, stuck them up on a website, and said, if he's ever come out on CD, I'll take them down. But until then, they're staying up. And I'm like, okay, I'll take that. <coughs> that seems reasonable. So the, so the lesson to be learned, kids, always check the Internet, because you never know when someone might finally get around to putting up something that you're missing. There was a, There's something called... or there, There's a couple of songs from... Uh, let's see what it's called. Let's see if I can look this up on my phone while I'm talking to you. All right. <laughs> uh, there was a song called "Don't Treat Me Like a Stranger" that was made during the, I believe it was during the Wilbury sessions, or you know, possibly the Full Moon Fever sessions. Okay. Right around the same time as um, uh that he was making those albums and it just never, it never was put on anything. And then there was another song from 94 that I just found both of those on a uh, YouTube. Aha. Uh-huh. And yes. those aren't available anywhere. So yeah, I figured out how to make those so I could hear them yeah. on my computer, like on my computer. But yes. it's not like if they were available, I would definitely buy it. YouTube is pretty rubbishy. I've ripped some things from there and it's, it's kind of tinny, but I guess in a pinch if that's all you can do, uh, yeah, it's do, better than nothing. Do the old YouTube rip, exactly. Um, so let me see. Oh, so what I was leading up to with this, with your podcast, is that you, you seem like an old soul. You're a good 15 years younger than me, but you like a lot of stuff that that was, you know, that I was around, it was more from my era, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And, uh, and of course, Cheers, which is what your, your podcast is about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did you get to liking Cheers? Did you, did you come to it in syndication, I assume? No, I remember, I remember watching it when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, my parents were big fans of the show. Oh, uh, okay. And okay. so that was one of the shows we were allowed to watch. There was a laundry list of shows we weren't allowed to watch. Oh, that's right, because you grew up in a uh, rather religious household, we shall we say. Folks are calling from your last. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. But we were allowed to watch Cheers and stuff. Like uh, it took a, it took a while. Uh, I just never really thought about it. And then the first time I thought about it, I realized that uh, it wasn't about. <laughs> it was about whether or not my dad liked the show, and if he didn't like it, we weren't allowed to watch it. There you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> And it was because, you know, the content on Roseanne is not any different than the content on Cheers. I guess I guess the case could be made that on Roseanne, it shows children misbehaving. Ah. 
but they, you know, you don't win. <laughs> yeah, they they still get in trouble. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of Cheers right out of the gate because I liked. Um, I wouldn't call it. it, it it's kind of a. It's, it's it's sister show, even though they don't. It's not like a. They don't cross character thing, but it was from some of the same uh, creative team. Uh, Taxi. Yeah. From the late seventies. So yeah, most knew, of the most of the people that uh, most of the people that worked on Cheers right at the beginning were from Taxi. Yeah, and as I recall correctly, um, I think. I think for the last season of Taxi, I think it wasn't it doubled up with Cheers on Thursday night. I may be misremembering that. Oh, I don't remember back that far. I think the the earliest ones I remember seeing, like I, I have memories of seeing like some season five and six yeah. stuff. So I was I was probably like eight or nine yeah i think the last season taxi was on abc but then the last season of taxi the fifth season was on nbc and i'm almost positive they doubled it with cheers on on that thursday night and i was looking back uh, uh cheers did not do very well in the ratings its first couple of seasons it finished in the 20s and 30s and then jumped into the top 10 in season three yeah, yeah well it finished it's you know it famously finished dead last the night it premiered oh yeah i forgot uh, about that but it was, uh, but dead last then was seventy seventh for the week or whatever. Like Which it was a lot of people. Well, uh, people say this. People, I, this, I don't know how to, to make this correlation, but you know how there's like, like when Cheers was the number one show on television. People, I go on the road and uh, people say, uh, like you go to clubs and it's five. You know, you do five nights at a club, and. Uh, there's not there's just not that many people or whatever and the club owners like to say that uh you know nobody cares about stand-up comedy anymore yeah uh it's not true i would argue the stand-up comedy is more popular than it's ever been yeah there's just more of it oh tons but this is the only one where if you work on the whole business model they go uh nobody likes this anymore not not i'm doing something wrong nobody likes this anymore yeah yeah when when cheers was number one it had like 35 million viewers or something yeah that's crazy and the number one show on television now is like big bang theory and it has like 15 or 18 or something something like that yeah but no one no one would ever say well no one watches tv yeah that's true they seem to acknowledge they they you just they they are able to shift a little bit and be like well you know there's just a lot more TV to watch too. That doesn't mean that nobody likes it anymore. Yeah, it's because when it when Cheers finished dead last, it still had, you know, it probably had more viewers than The Daily Show. Exactly. Yeah, and a lot of these cable shows. I think it, and uh, a lot of shows that are considered that uh, have less viewers than a dead last Cheers the day kind of. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, so, uh, looking back at Cheers, I you know I, I'll go back and try to watch it from time to time. Um, t- to me, uh, the the show I, I prefer, my, my wife and I prefer, is its uh, successor, sort of uh, Frasier. And well, we're... now now I gotta fight you. All right, cool. I was waiting for this because <laughs> uh, we're huge Frasier fans, and um, I don't completely agree with my wife. She says that the Cheers hasn't aged well at all. Going back and looking at a couple episodes, I'm like, well, no, that's not exactly the case. Uh, but I still do like Frasier better, but you're going to fight me on this. Uh, the, uh, uh, I will admit that some of their outfits do not age very well. Yeah. yeah. But that's I, – I would – you'd be hard-pressed to find anything from that time period where the outfits – Exactly, yeah. 
that you know what I mean like like if if you go back and look at something that was from that time period where they are like the Dukes of Hazard, those <laughs> outfits aged better because yeah. they were more just a general blue jeans and some sort of button up or pearl snap. Right, right. It, it, you know, it was a little bit more timeless of a look, and Cheers was more uh, very specifically of its time. So the outfits don't don't hold up. The yeah. outfits on Seinfeld don't hold up. No. Well, you know what? I had this conversation, gosh, I think with, with uh, Pete George, of, and uh, we were saying that the, the reason Seinfeld uh, doesn't hold up well, I think, isn't even so much that. Seinfeld kind of got caught in a weird cycle where it was not only a product of its time, but it kind of really got, you know, become a representation of that time. Where Cheers, you know, is in the 80s, it takes place in the 80s, but it, not a lot of, like, catchphrases and things grew out of it like Seinfeld. I think Seinfeld was its own undoing because it's such a 90s show because it was such a big part of the 90s. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Well, the 90s are also closer. Yeah, uh, but the the uh, Seinfeld created its own language. Exactly, which is why I'd say in some ways Cheers ages better than Seinfeld for that very reason. Because a lot of those things out of Seinfeld are very '90s things. No soup for you, and you know all that kind of stuff is you know very reminiscent yeah. of that time where you could have you'd be hard pressed to pull stuff out of Cheers and go, oh well, that's definitely the '80s. Because you know, it's, yeah, it's taken other place. than other than the outfits, Cliff right. and Norm are the only two who don't look ridiculous now that's true yeah and i would even say sam and even maybe coach and woody were in their you know uh the, the well coach one. coach holds up because he just was white shirt black tie exactly uh that wasn't even that wasn't uh cool then yeah like that there was never right. you know if you if you try to look like you're ripped from the pages of a magazine in 1982 you're gonna look ridiculous and early early cheers uh, the stuff Sam wore was a lot more like what an ex jock would wear. Right, right. Uh, you know, long sleeve Nike polos, uh, things like that. But the the jokes hold up. Oh uh, yeah, very well. There are very few dated references. I remember there was a like, and and when they happen, they stand out. Like I remember there was a Godfather three joke. Oh okay, yeah. Uh. uh in one of the episodes, there was just it was like sort of qu- it was just quick. There was a mobster had moved into uh, Gary's old town tavern, and the <laughs> gang was freaking out. And uh, Fraser goes, "I think you've seen too many Godfather movies." And Woody goes, "Yeah, I agree. They should have stopped it too." And huh. that's a weird. It's a hilarious joke. It still yeah. holds up because you know the Godfather kind of. three, yeah is even 25 years later right. is still a ridiculous thing to exist. Exactly. Yeah, so that does hold up pretty well. And yeah, and similarly with, with Taxi, again, it's solid jokes. The uh, There's a whole episode where uh, that doesn't hold up maybe as well because Herbie Belichez leaves his briefcase in one of the cabs and then they have a two-part episode where they all kind of fantasize about you know what they would do, and those individually hold up. But the premise is kind of like people would be like, "Well, wait a minute, what's who's this little guy, and why why is it significantly left his briefcase in the car?" But so, do you have a beef with Fraser? Yeah, we're five we're five years away from people going, "What are taxis?" Like, yeah, that's true. He left it in an Uber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, there's no there's no depot. There's no yeah. Uber depot. No. Uh, so, do you have a beef with Fraser, or do you disagree with my thesis? Disagree with my thesis that that Fraser is the better of the two shows. Frasier, I just don't like that it's Frasier. Oh, okay. You don't like the character? It's if it was a different character altogether, uh, that would be 
uh, the, I would like the show significantly more. Really? Yeah, because he's not. Uh, he doesn't act like Frazier. Oh yeah. See, what, I kind of started trailed off on Cheers toward the end of the series when he became a kind of a permanent cast member. So there's a separation for me. I just remember really, really I remember occasional <laughs> Frazier right when he starts dating Diane. I don't have as strong recollection of him being a regular on the show because I maybe I saw those episodes once and that was it. Didn't see the reruns, didn't see him in syndication. So, but I'm well, much more familiar with modern Frasier. Frasier point two, well, 2.0, I guess we will, we will call him. So if you're, uh, so your recollection of Frasier is dating Diane, that's season three. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he became a regular cast member. Yep. Uh, like, I can't remember if it's the beginning of season four or the beginning of season five where they put his name in the opening credits. Okay. But it is definitely uh, – like I think season three he's on maybe ten episodes. Yeah. And then season four he's on more, and that's where Lilith makes her first appearance sometime in season four. Yeah. And then by season five he's on every episode. And he is a very uh, – He's very, he's very sarcastic. He's mean. He's clearly an alcoholic. Uh, he mm. has no, uh, you know, his parents are dead. He was raised with, he had three sisters. Oh, yeah, the backstory, uh, yeah. They they oh. abandoned the entire Frasier backstory. Oh, okay. And then mm. on the television show, Frasier, Frasier acts like Diane and Niles acts like Frasier. Uh, and that's that's what bugs me. Okay, now this is making more sense. Now I, I can I can totally see your argument here because, like I said, I vaguely remember him being a, a regular cast member, but I would I probably saw those episodes first run on NBC. Probably didn't watch the reruns in the summer. Never watched them in syndication. And uh, yeah, so that would make that would make a lot of sense. So it's it's really to you, it's two completely different shows. Yeah, 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 and it should be. And the fact that uh, hmm. the fact that they aren't bothers me. The fact that this is supposed to be the same Frasier from oh. Cheers bothers me. Yeah. The fact that uh, the fact that no one seems to call him on it. Like I, I haven't seen every episode of Frasier. I probably, you know, I probably seen a bunch. Uh, I've seen every episode of Frasier that someone would, from Cheers was on. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's like his dad hangs out at the sports bar and. Uh, Frazier never wants to go there. He scoffs oh, yeah. at the idea of it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's mean, right. Meanwhile, he just spent eight years straight in a sports bar. Yeah, that is uh, true. Like mm. those things where where he, like he looks down on it. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's mm. not that's a Diane. That's what Diane did. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. Frazier loved being at Cheers. Yeah. He was at Cheers constantly. Huh. And I get if, you know, and it was never a, he never said no because there was never, it was never like, well, I don't want to, like, I wasted a lot of time in a bar already. It was never like that. It was just, why would you do that? That's dumb. That's where dummies hang out. Yeah. Hmm. And if he, if he was just like, well, you know, I drank myself out of a marriage, maybe I should. Yeah. 
And maybe I think, should uh, maybe I should not just hang out at sports bars exclusively. Right. And now that you mention it, even by osmosis, you'd think he'd know more about sports and not, you know, turn his nose up at it because you had to realize that even in the times when the cameras weren't on and cheers say, you know, the uh, extra time he was there, it, it's, they're always talking about sports. Yeah, you assume to, to you assume sport. that that's when they watch the games is when sure. they're not when we're not watching them. Right, right, yeah. Because they're rarely watching sports. Wow, man, this is a pretty deep read. Okay, yeah, because I was gonna argue independently, but it's you know it's still a funny show and its jokes hold up well, and even though it's from the '90s, but yeah, now I see your whole point about the fact that if you know if you're a, a big Cheers guy, then this isn't working for you at all. It's 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 a whole different uh, it's a whole different show basically. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh like imagine if that that friend spinoff if Joey moves to Los Angeles. Yeah. And he becomes smart. He's <laughs> yeah, but he's like really smart and he just acts like Chandler the whole time. Uh, no there's no way anybody would I mean nobody watched it. Right. Then. Right exactly. But, <laughs> but uh it wouldn't have even like it would have been absurd. Now imagine he does that and then the show runs for 11 years. And then you can't bring up friends without people being like, but I like Joey better. You'd be like, well, wait, what? Hold on. Yeah, yeah. That's not like that's not right. Yeah. That's how I feel. That's that's how I feel about it. I and, have no and Joey problem doesn't like with coffee. the show. Yeah, and Joey yeah. doesn't like coffee and, and turns his nose up as friends going to a, a Yeah, coffee. yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Imagine like he goes there and he's like, I don't want coffee. What go to a coffee shop? I hate coffee shops. Yeah. <laughs> They're dumb. Why yeah, why <laughs> Well what what did a, what did we just watch you do for eleven years? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna have to have my wife and my daughter just got into Frasier go back and you know, watch at least from season five on of uh Cheers. Well, and, I will and, say it like this. Yeah. Go back and watch uh you don't have to do all of that, yeah. But watch, um, like pound for pound, the laughs that start with, uh, uh, let's say season the the f- season finale of season eight. Okay. Uh, on through the end, and then you have season nine, ten, and eleven, and it's a very different. Uh, and then you go watch Frasier, and it might like if you're not through with Frasier, don't. Don't do this because it might hurt it. Um, well, we've watched Frasier over and over again, and my daughter, I think, has seen most of them at least once now. So, um, well, I have a, uh, but also I come at it from Cheers. Most people my age would have backtracked into Cheers from Frasier. Yes, but not. I, that's not uh, how I did it. I yeah. never. By the time Frasier was on TV, I wasn't really watching television. That right, much. I was, which is why I missed the last couple years of, Fra- of uh, Cheers. Uh, yeah, I spent I spent the, you know, like Frasier started right away, so I probably no, saw was, the there first. There was a year separation. Yeah, Cheers ended. We had a break, and then there's. But a I year. but I don't think it was a whole year. I think it was just the summer. I think Frasier started no, up that. I don't think that so. September. I don't think so because I I always thought that was weird that there was that year gap. I'm, I'm gonna look this up now while we're chatting via the. Well, look it up. Uh, Cheers ended uh, like the end of May '93. Okay, and Frasier. Oh so, wait a minute, and. Frasier did start because Friends started in '94. It, it Frasier uh, precedes Friends by a year. I know that because um, uh, Phoebe uh, read for Roz. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was almost Roz, but uh, she was also on uh, Mad About You. May twentieth, nineteen ninety-three. You are correct in your end date for. Let's find Frasier here. So he moves. So he moved to Seattle, a place he's never mentioned, but apparently he's from. He has a brother who he's never mentioned. 
Yes. He no longer has three sisters. He has a father he explicitly told us was dead. Yes. Um, you know, and, and he no longer see. drinks. You are right. Night, September 9th, 1993. I thought there was a year gap. I got confused because I think I got the Friends thing mixed up in there because we used to watch those shows together. I must have gotten confused. There's a gap between Friends, which has nothing to do with Fears of Frasier. <laughs> okay. So you were right. Yeah, there, it's, just, it's just the summer and Frasier all of a sudden's in Seattle. How about that? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, with a radio job doing something he's never mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, and also, it was just funny to me that season eleven of Cheers, Roz, and uh, the lady who plays Roz and John Mahoney are both guest stars on Cheers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, why? How? Why would you? You, exactly. sh- you shouldn't. I should. <laughs> I should. That's well, a, that's the thing I should know only. Exactly. Well, because well, I- I'm the, I'm the one that watches those episodes and goes. How come he doesn't recognize his own dad? <laughs> well, but I, I'm, I have a mind for looking at, like, my daughter watches these Disney shows now, and I have a, a tie into this in a second, and I'll say, where have we seen that person before? I just have a mind for, fin- in, you know, who's and what. I'm, I'm a big IMBD guy. And speaking of, watching a Disney show the other day, and who turns up? Miss Shelley Long. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I always remember uh, Jerry Orbach's wife, Jerry Orbach of uh, it's Law and Order, correct? He was on. I get all those shows mixed up. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Law, okay, his wife said. I think this was after he passed. She said he told me the one thing I'll, I'll always remember that he said was never leave a hit show because he died while he was on Law and Order, and he was on that for years and years and years. And he and Shelley Long is the living embodiment of that. <laughs> well, she uh, uh, she got a bad rap. Uh, how so? She was too good an actress. Oh. And the part that it's not her fault Diane sucks. I have no problem with Shelley Long. Oh, Roth. okay. Hmm. Uh she was great. She was uh she was so good at playing that type of lady that that's what she got to play the rest of her career. Oh. Uh especially right out of the Cheers Gate. Sure. Uh uh Loved her a night shift, by the way. One yeah, and that was a that was a year before. That was the last time she wasn't like a nag. Yeah. Like a harpy or right, whatever. Right. And then she left Cheers and she was in, uh, what's that? What was it? like Outrageous Fortune. Yeah. And True Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills yeah, yeah. And the Money Pit. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. She played these spoiled uh, nag. Like, she just basically was Diane in, in uh, these movies huh. because she was so good at it. It's one of those things where you think, like, uh, like there seems to be a, re- a renaissance on Ed O'Neill. For a long time, everyone thought he was just a dummy. Right, right. Because of Married with Children, but yes. no, he's just a good. Like he was a good enough actor to be right. that big an asshole. And she's great. And when she's on Modern Family, Shelley Long, when she turns up as the ex-wife, very un. Yeah, yeah. It's and- it's it's so funny that they did that. They're doing that for her because they, they kind of did the same thing for him. Yeah, that's funny. Hmm. So and he um, was, you know, he spent. Now, but she's also kind of a like a naggy ex-wife, sort of, but in a different, in a much different way, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's more. Uh, yeah, yeah. She gets to be funnier and doesn't right. have to be. Uh, she's not really spoiled because right. I, I like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's nice. That, it's nice that they're doing that. Yeah. For her, that she gets to be. Because I, yeah, there was I probably fell for it i probably thought she was annoying yeah but but she's she's not huh 
Diane is terrible. That's one of my other problems with uh. Cheers is with with the like the writing is so good, but they never really gave us a reason why she didn't leave immediately. Yeah, that's true. They, there's this idea that she like if it was just because she is as shallow as Sam, she just pretends not to be. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't explain why she is so. Uh, she's she's so crazy about getting the approval of the other people at the bar, not just his. Yeah, she's constantly trying to get the the other barflies to uh, be into uh, po- poems and opera. They, they, there's no. There's no reason she would do that if, like, she is the least realistic character on that show. That's true. Yeah, when you because Lilith was around all the time, but she hated it and was, and you could tell, and the way she played, the the way she played her part, she was, you know, she was friends with, she was friendly with Rebecca and Carla, yeah, as the other women in the bar, but when they needed when she needed that to be friends with them or when they needed her to be friends with her. But it would, it would make perfect sense. Like that's why I always wanted the spinoff to be the spinoff that would have been more interesting to me instead of Frazier would have been Lilith. Oh yeah. Cause they could have left her in Boston. Now she's a single mother. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, also, like they didn't want to have, they didn't want to have to have Cheers crossovers or whatever, and that's fine. But there's, we would have totally believed as the audience that once her and Fraser split, that she never went back to Cheers. Yeah, uh, that's completely believable. And if you do want to have a guest star, it would just be you run into him at a somewhere, yeah. at a at a restaurant or something. That would be right, it. right. Hmm. But it would be completely believable that she never went back to that bar. Yes. Definitely, yeah. And another interesting spinoff would have been if they would have kept the uh, the Fraser character as was, and maybe he kept that backstory. But maybe he moves to, he maybe still moves to Seattle. Maybe he moves across the country for some. I mean, you probably could have worked part of that in without having to completely uh, throw the backstory off. Um, okay, play yeah, more? yeah. Or or just even if you, I understand you have to throw the backstory off to make a show. Sure. But. Uh, the backstory is just the backstory. The character right. shift is what's really annoying. Right, because it's, it's two different people, really, when you... Yeah, he's back. not Fraser anymore. He right, just right. still has that name, and I'm supposed to watch it. Yeah. I'm supposed to watch it as if this is the same guy from that other show. Yeah, and it's not. Okay. And, you know, when they spun off... Um, it, it It's tantamount to... The first time you ever see Mork is on Happy Days, and right. he's an alien. Yep. But... Imagine if the Mork and Mindy show, he's just not an alien anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember when they used to do that back in the... Uh, you, you might be old enough to remember this. They kind of stopped doing it in the 80s. They did it a lot in the late 70s. So these backdoor pilots where they would introduce this whole other cast of people, and you'd see the regular cast for like five minutes, and then all of a sudden you saw this whole other bunch of people, and like, who the hell are these people? And here it turns out it was supposed to be a pilot for another whole other show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember that that happened. The eighties, they did. Uh, they stopped doing back. They stopped doing it like that, where it would be like a sneaky pilot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they would like, 
Perry Anderson was on a bunch of episodes of Cheers yes. in the first two seasons. Very brilliantly, by the way. And that was uh, like that's what they did in the eighties. Was well, we want this guy to have a TV show, so let's put him on a TV show to see if he's good on, at being on TV. Oh, okay, yeah, and that's fine. And he was. And that's a that, <laughs> that's like a different way of. It's not a real pilot. Yeah, but it is a way to be like, no, he knows how to act. Although, he can do this. A Harry spinoff would have been, I think, uh, might have even been better than Night Court. I don't know. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Harry the Hat is one of. Harry the Hat and uh, and this is what this is what's a bummer because the only other spinoff from Cheers was the Tortellis. Oh yeah, man, I forgot about that. But uh, Harry the Hat and Nick Tortelli were the two uh, funniest characters that weren't ever principals. Yeah, hmm. they got to be whenever whenever Dan Hedaya or Harry Anderson's on the show, they're always really great. Oh yeah, really yeah. funny. Uh, uh, Nick Tortelli on Cheers was so funny. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that guy. And then that that spinoff was pretty terrible. <laughs> I remember seeing. There's only there's one episode on YouTube. the The pilot episode of that show's on YouTube. There was only okay. over thirteen made. I think there was only, I think only six or seven got shown. Hmm. They are not available. I would love to be able to watch them. I remember specifically, and this is this is also ridiculous. There was uh to to sort of get people to watch, there was a crossover where Norm and Cliff were on the Tortellis. Oh, there you go. But uh, the I, the premise of that episode, like the Tortellis was set in Las Vegas. So the premise of that episode is Norm oh. and Cliff go visit Carla's ex-husband. <laughs> like Carla is the waitress at the bar they hang out at. She's not nice to them. No. They're not really friends with her, but they take a bus across the country to visit her ex-husband. And they never even bond with Nick. And, and if they would have been at least like... No, oh, they don't even really like yeah. Nick. Huh. I'm looking at the Tortellis. We'll link to this uh, if I can find the link on the thing. Now, speaking of George Wendt, we're going to rip off a little game from uh, Jimmy Pardo's podcast, Never Not Funny. True or false? True or false? I was in a movie with George Wendt. You were in a movie with George Wendt? Yes. True or false? I'm going to say true. That is false. I've never met him. No. <laughs> That's how Jimmy does his shtick. Okay, after that, we ripped off, ring off Jimmy Stick. No, he was um, in Gung Ho with Michael Keaton, the very brilliant Michael Keaton, and it filmed at the airport across the street from my dad's house. And my buddy and I went up there to be extras, and we wound up in a scene where we're standing over his shoulder on either side of him uh, when the Japanese land to build this car plant in their town in Pennsylvania. And everyone's being like really, really borderline rude and dicky asshole-ish to George Wood. Hey, Norm, let's get a beer. And we do not do that. We finish the scene, and we say, hey, great, really pleasure meeting you, Mr. Went. And he was smiled at us and goes, oh, thanks, fellas. And everybody else, he just kind of just kind of keep it in, like, please stop doing this. Please stop calling me Norm. And uh, Well, that's, that's interesting because he, uh, since Cheers, he has really leaned into it. Yeah. yeah. He I shows think, well, I think, up at Oktoberfest right. a lot in, here in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, they had him. Uh, he he did like three or four years in a row, and they had him as the grand marshal, or whatever, one year. And he just liked it so much that he would come back. Yeah, bring a box of his books, huh. sell those books, and sign them. But then just basically just come back to hang out for all the beer. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's um, my brush with with Cheers fame. Meeting George one. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty great. I've never met anybody. Who's? Uh, I met a couple of people who have been on one episode, like 
Like I'm at uh, I'm at Rocky Laporte. Oh, I love Rocky. He's gonna be hopefully be on the show in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, he Rocky. was he was on an episode. Really. And I did not mention it to him. Wow. But uh, I did meet him and I filed it away. This guy was on Cheers. Wow. Huh. Well, he he played that. a construction worker in a uh, episode early in season nine, I think. Hmm. Okay. Off the IMBD that before I talk to him. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's uh, uh it's a good it's a solid episode. Cool, man. Well speaking of solid episodes, this is gonna be one for the tape recorder. Uh there will be no dumb bit or fake news. This will be the whole episode, I think. And okay. I think we've discussed so much cheers. You could take a week off of your show, by the way. Yeah, well, and, uh, it's, it seems like I am. <laughs> well, I would recommend people go back and listen, to, uh, you know, uh, go back and catch up with uh, Afternoon Everybody, which is Jeff's podcast. Uh, start with the episode with Sam Evans and work backwards. I love the discussion you guys had about Family Feud. I will not spoil that for people. It was I literally <laughs> laughed out loud at work when you guys were talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> you understand well, it's not a real feud, right? <laughs> No, that still cracks me up. But if people listen to that, you'll you'll understand what I'm saying. I'll just I just I'll just tease it with that. And uh, all right, man. Well, this and also, um, like I said, we'll uh, have this in print in Minnesota. Um, I just tell people what you're up to, and I think for the blog, it's usually a deeper read. We'll probably have a lot of this Pierce Fraser discussion in there. <laughs> okay, for people to nerd out on. All right, man. Well, uh, a good seeing you again. Um, and uh, like I'm sorry, I missed your set of shows this week. It's weird because I've, even after all the rigmarole, not being able to come up to Montgomery and talk to you, uh, my wife said we should go see a stand-up comedian. We haven't seen one in a while. I'm like, ah, shit. We should have gone and seen Jeff Tate. You'd love him. <laughs> so next time you're in town, I'll bring her out. All right, it'll be July, man. All right, uh, Tortelli's episode, it's back. It was loaded up back when you could only load 10 minutes at a time, so it's in three chunks, but it is on YouTube. We'll link yeah. it on the Podbean page, and everybody check out Cheers and Frasier and uh, make, up your, make up your own mind. <laughs> All right, Jeff, good talking to you, man. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, brother, bye. Bye. Thanks again to Jeff Tate for being on the show. You can catch Jeff Tate in Minneapolis. Uh, I believe technically it's actually St. Paul, though, at the joke joint up there in the Twin Cities. He is there February 19th through the 21st. You can find all things Jeff Tate at jefftate.biz. You can find his podcast, Afternoon Everybody, on SoundCloud or in iTunes, or you can just go to your favorite search engine, as they say on the BBC. Type in Jeff Tate Podcast Afternoon Everybody, and it should take you to some place where you can hear that. Uh, since the interview, he has done two more episodes. Uh, he, had, uh, he was up to the Sam Evans episode when we spoke uh, for the interview, and now he's had two more episodes. But listen to it. It's, it's really good. He, they have a conversation about comedy first as guests, and then the second half of the show is devoted more to discussing nuances of uh, Cheers, all 250 episodes or so they're, they're in. All right, uh, PFT Recorder logo designed by Dan Koble. Dan and Megan's podcast, The Queen's Gambit, is up now. That is a podcast about the TV series Arrow. They are up to episode five now of their podcast. You can find it at queensgambitpodcast.com, simple enough. I believe it's also in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever else you find podcasts uh, like the one you're listening to. So uh, do check that out if you're an Arrow fan. Of course, uh, original music composed and performed by John Vropolis and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Uh, follow me on Twitter at PF66. Like the show on Facebook. Tell all your friends about it. Uh, send the links around. Uh, the episode guide is up. You can link to that from pfradio.podbean.com. It's a Google Doc that everybody can see. And you can just scroll down and see who's been on the show in the past because I think that's what mostly people are interested in. They're not so much interested in the dumb bits. But um, if you are, let me know. Email me, pfstaperecorder at gmail, and let me know, hey, 
hey, add a column for the dumb bits. We'd like to go back and hear Mitt Romney sing Always On My Mind. Uh, we'd get a kick out of that. Uh, or just laugh at me doing that. I don't know. Either either way, I'm, I'm fine. Let me know. All right, so that's going to do it uh, for this episode, of course, other than to say so long and thanks for listening. <laughs>